If you were here with us last week, you know we talked about how the new year is an opportunity to hit the reset button and clear out all the clutter that's been building in our lives over the last year or two and often come up with new dreams, a fresh mind, uh, uh, new hopes, and new commitments. Well, I want to tell you, that's not just true of our personal lives. That's actually true of us as a church corporately. And we're really calling this next year a new season together. And the reason for that, if you were here last week, I, I started to mention some of that. There are so many changes and transitions that are hitting Moraine Valley Church in this next year. And we're going to all go through it together and we're all going to feel the impact of that. And the more we go through it together, the greater opportunity we have for those dreams and commitments and hopes to become a reality among us. There's going to be a lot of changes in the next two years. Uh, actually, in about 10 days is our 78th anniversary. And by the time we hit our 80th anniversary two years from now, Moraine is going to be a very different place for the good and for the better. And all of that doesn't mean what you see here. A lot of the ministry and our attempt to be faithful to what God's called us to be, I think is going to be a much better place. But like we learned last week, as we move forward, the temptation is, is to look back at the way God used to work here at Moraine and what he's done in the past and to hang on to that, maybe even grieve that things have changed. But God says, the same God who worked miracles back then says, I'm gonna work new things and miracles in your future, and I want you to dwell and look on that. And so this morning, I wanna talk a little bit about that, but before I go into those changes, let me tell you how we got here. Uh, four years ago, actually a year before our 75th anniversary, we got really a few teams of people together to plan for an initiative that we were gonna kick off on Easter Sunday of uh, 2020. And that initiative really focused a big part of it on a spiritual initiative as we were looking at how we can better um, impact the lives of the people that are connected with Moraine Valley and the people beyond the walls of Moraine Valley in a spiritual sense. We had done a lot of work, a year's worth of work, and um, guess what happened? COVID hit. And not only Moraine Valley, but churches around the world were just absolutely shut down and, and just, I, I don't even know the words, you know, the, it was a mess. Our ministries during the week stopped. A lot went on to Zoom. We did Sunday morning services on, um, online. Came back on Father's Day of that year. But there was something good that came out of that. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. <coughs> try, I'll try to remember to use that. Um, the good thing that came out of it was this. It forced us as a staff to take a different look at what was going on at Moraine Valley. I mean, we got out of the busyness of just keeping the machine running, if you know what I mean, keeping the programs, the events, the services. And as we did that, 
and we sat back and took a look, we came away with something that became very obvious to the, us. And that was this. We can do service, services, events, and programs pretty good. But we weren't convinced we were making disciples as well. And that's the mission of the church. Not to throw events and programs and services, but to make disciples. And since that time, our focus as a staff and really as a board has been really pushing hard on that question, how do we make disciples at Moraine Valley Church? And uh, that's, been, that's driving a lot of the changes you're going to see. And these changes, again, are going to make us better because we're going to become a better disciple-making church. So let me tell you what some of those changes are that are going on. First, we got an internal change. I'm going to tell you about one and then five external changes. Internally, we have really restructured our staff. Again, a lot of these things some of you guys will never see but you will feel and experience the changes. And a lot of the changes driven by this desire to become a better, better disciple-making church, uh, one of the things we did is we restructured our staff. And we have a team we now call the SLT team. And, and it, uh, this team really was designed to help the people on the staff actually be slotted into the place where their gifts really help them function the best in light of our whole church. And this restructuring gave us an opportunity to address some of the internal problems we have at church. Sometimes, you know, people working in silos, a lot of people on the staff, good people, loving Jesus, doing their thing, but almost like we're in our silos, this has really helped address that. It's helped with communications. It's helped with developing the staff. And it's helped give the next generation a louder voice in what is going on. And so this has been a wonderful thing. Actually, the team is made up of uh, Pastor Mike Locke. And we're calling him the Executive Pastor of Ministries. And Mike is overseeing the complete uh, oversight of all the ministries of Moraine Valley Church. Uh, pray for Mike, because he's also handling our family ministry as we're looking for uh, a youth pastor to come in to help uh, carry the load. So pray for us as a church. We might find that. Pray for Mike as he does this, because he's carrying a big load. Pastor Josh, he's our executive pastor of worship, as well as group life. And we'll hear a little bit more about that um, as we talk this morning. But Josh is really overseeing that. Then uh, Eric Beal is our executive director of operations, all the building and the finances and all the daily operations that need to be addressed. And we meet together regularly. Matter of fact, I don't know of a meeting I've spent more time in this year and had more things to do our consultant made sure that we had plenty to do. He was constantly feeding us with stuff. But we actually met for four hours every other week since May. Um, every other week. I mean, these are long meetings. These are power-packed meetings. There are major things that happen here that, uh, that come from this meeting and trying to help us learn 
how to be a better disciple-making church. Matter of fact, these meetings are so powerful, somebody actually snuck in with a video and took a picture of a portion of one of our meetings. I want you to see how powerful these meetings are and what's going on. So there are powerful meetings, and you just got a feel for what those meetings are like. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, God has done some amazing things in, in those meetings, and we're excited because, again, the whole goal of that is how, how does Moraine become a better disciple-making church? Let me tell you about some of the external changes. I think of five in particular. First of all, we're going to celebrate one next week. That's our mortgage. Now, when you think about that, there's a major transition that's going on that's very good where we'll be moving from a place where resources that have been funneled into paying off our mortgage for our building are actually going to be able to uh, take it in a different direction to invest more in ministry and investing in ministry means you're investing in people. Investing in people means you're investing in helping believers become more like Jesus and lost people find Jesus. The heart of the ministry is either seeing people transferred into the kingdom or people already in the kingdom transformed into the image of Jesus. And I'm excited because, and we'll talk more about this next week, as we see the opportunity for us to shift funds that, uh, that God has brought in in a special way to be able to do and focus more on ministry. That's an exciting time. Exciting opportunity. Second of all is we're going to do a church registration. Um, well, that, that sounds really exciting to you, I know. But let me tell you what, it makes a difference, and let me tell you why. A church registration helps us find out who is a part of Moraine Valley Church. As you know, and as we said earlier, the last couple years, the whole landscape of church has been shifted. And people have even shifted churches. Some have left and some have come. Uh, we got people who are in an online community. We don't even know who all our people are anymore that call Moraine Valley Church their home. And you know what? And that's why I say this comes. If we had this church registration where we knew who says, I come to Moraine and this is my information Guess what? Every person that comes to Moraine or who is a part of our community online would have gotten the, the information on how to have Right Now Media as your own. That's just one example. We want to know who we are now so we can better serve to who we are and serve the people that we have as well as um, be able to build off of who we are. And again, that online, I... I I'm surprised I meet people that say, you know, Pat, I, I know I haven't been there, but I'm watching you every week online, and I know they are because they're asking me questions about the sermon. So we got people who are not here that are a part of our community. We got people here. We're going to take one Sunday, and we're going to take some time in the service to find out just who is Moraine Valley Church today. 
that's going to be big. The discipleship strategy. We spent a lot of time talking on this. And um, the paradigm, which we're going to be looking at discipleship at Moraine Valley Church as we look at the ministries and the way our ministers are ministering and just what's taking place here really is summarized in three key words. Be, become, and do. Be, become, and do. Now, do you think you can repeat those three with me? Be, become, do. How many can say it backwards? You guys know it. I was going to do it backwards too. Be, become, do. I knew I could do that backwards. We need to know that one frontwards, backwards, inside out, because that's going to become the new paradigm that's going to help us understand if we're accomplishing what we want to do in making disciples. And so we're looking at programs, we're looking at relationships, we're looking at all kinds of things on how do we help people be with Jesus. That means, how, how, how do I connect with Jesus? How do I walk with Jesus? How am I in communion with Jesus? See, our next series is gonna be talking about uh, the hurried life. And how do we slow down? Josh has talked a lot to us about this during Christmas. Thank you, Josh. And it's really, you know what? Christmas gets so crazy and so busy. This is a time and a place where we can slow down, drop the busyness, and be with Jesus. And we want to talk about how does that happen together? How does that happen uh, outside of Sunday morning? How does that become a part of our life? Because it, we need Jesus. We just sang it. I know that. I sang that with all my heart. Jesus, I need you, and I need you right now. How do we walk in communion with Jesus to receive his life in such a powerful way? And then when we talk about becoming, that's simply... What, what God has predestined us from eternity past to become conformed to the image of Jesus. And so the next part is, is how are we transformed? This is about life change at the core of our being. We're not talking about behavior modification so that somehow people do the right activities. We're talking about a changed heart at the core of your being so the right behaviors and things flow from the core of our being. And so we're looking at life transformation, and not just spiritually. Your whole soul, emotionally, are you healthy? I, I think of Thessalonians when he talks about God's desires to sanctify a spirit, soul, and body. You know what? How do we as Moraine Valley Church, how are we transformed and touched by the power of God in our spirit, in our soul, and in our bodies? We want to be intentional to think about this and program around that and talk around that and move that way. Then the final one is do. Do what Jesus did. Be with Jesus. Become like Jesus. Do what Jesus did. You know what? And, and we want to live this out in Jesus. Again, two priorities to his ministry. One is he spent deep time with his followers. And he was at work being with them and seeing them transformed, but he also spent time reaching the lost and those who don't know Jesus. 
And so we want to not just talk about it, study it, know it. We want to live out what it means to walk like Jesus walked. And so that's really the third change. I'm going to ask Josh, would you share with us about small groups? I'm so excited about the new way we're going to move. And actually, Josh, I want to give you credit. You really came up with this idea, and I think it's an awesome idea that can do so much for us. Share with us, good bro. And you're, I'd like, you know what, you're able to smile and speak at the same time. I'm learning how to do that, brother. You do that well. Do I? Yeah, you do. Oh, really? That's good. That is good. My wife says, you need to smile more, babe. I don't know how to speak and smile at the same time. No, yeah, But yeah. you do do that. No, I understand because when I've looked back at when I've led worship and I thought I was happy, and I'm like, why do I look angry right there? Yeah, there and you so, go. So sometimes you just don't know, man. Come to um, the center, good brother. Let me so move So no matter what center. my face is saying, I'm very happy right now and uh, happy to be sharing with you. Um, first, let me just say, Moraine has a rich history. We're going to celebrate that ne- next week, right? It would be really easy for, for you, Pat, to say we're just going to keep doing the good things that we've done, and, and I'm just going to enjoy that till God's finished with me here. And yet, being part of a senior leadership that is saying, Jesus, whatever you want, whatever it is, if there's more for us, I want to be a part of it. And that's been really, really cool to be a part of. And so, again, this question comes out of us going to the feet of Jesus and saying, how do we follow you, Jesus? We've, you've told us that our, what we're about as a church is to follow you and to impact others. And we're saying, how would that look? What's most pleasing to you? And that question is what led us into this conversation. And you'll hear this a lot. And we said, okay, it's, let's break that down. It's, it's actually pretty easy. And, and we, we learned a lot of this from, I, I personally from John Mark Homer, from some of the stuff happening at Bridgetown Church, at the Be With Jesus, become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. And the truth is, if you talk to anyone, I've, I've talked to many of you um, right now, many of the people I talk to, and, and, and maybe you have a different experience, but for me, when you say, how are you doing? The main answer that I hear is, I'm tired, right? Or, or life is crazy. Um, and, and if you asked anyone in this room, I think, do you desire to be with Jesus? Do you know that a relationship with Jesus is important? I, I think the answer would immediately be like, yeah, no, yeah, of course. That's why, <laughs> that's why we're here on Sundays. That's what it's all about. But the, the reality is the pace of life is so hectic for many of us that we need to cultivate a re- the reality of being with Jesus back into our households and our rhythms, uh, our, our life, our day-to-day living. And the struggle is real. So we decided, um, hey, we're going to take time to focus on each one of these. This is going to be a map for us in the future. We're going to take time as a church, seasons to to explore and grow in this together. What does it mean to be with Jesus? What does it mean to become like Jesus? What does it actually mean to do what Jesus did? And how would Jesus have us live that out together right here, right now in the context and the place that he's placed us? 
as a family together. And so this first one, this season, is going to be, we're going to look at being with Jesus. Have I said that phrase enough, being with Jesus? Can I just say it one more time? We like to be with Jesus. Okay, you're going to be sick of it, all right? But hopefully, your life will be full of Jesus, so it'll, it'll, be, it'll be awesome. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Also, small groups is, is one of the main ways that we have for people to connect with each other. But how many of you enjoy saying, I would like to sign up uh, with strangers to be best friends for the next three years, right? So it's not always a great, I have time to do that. Yes, just let's invite some new best friends into my life and give them all my time for the next three years. That sounds amazing. We know that commitments like that are hard. And so we have, uh, here's, the, here's the, the beautiful picture. We're going to have a four-week uh, small group, short-term, so it's low commitment, that we want every person at our church, every adult, to be a part of, okay? Uh, we're going to take uh, a pause on our normal small groups to create space for this. I'm recruiting people right now. My hope is to have 30 homes, 30 leaders, uh, by the time we start signups in the next um, two weeks from now. And in this study, um, we're going to look at the practice of Sabbath. And um, I've done this study already with two groups last semester, and it was incredible. Now, the goal of this isn't to become a church that just we're a Sabbath-keeping church. Uh, actually, the, the Sabbath study is about learning how to cease and order part of your life around giving Jesus space to, to walk with him. Right? It's actually a very simple idea. And our hope is at the end of this study, at the end of these four weeks, uh, these four meetings, basically it's an eight-week period. This, this series starts on um, February 12th. Our groups will start February 12th. And you'll meet, you'll, you know, so we'll have you sign up. We're going to invite you to sign up for a group. You'll meet four times in home with someone else, a, a group of people. You'll go through this study during that eight weeks. And at the end of it, we'll all, go, we'll all be in the same material. We'll, we'll be here on Sundays in the, in the teaching series that we're doing. And at the end of it, I hope what happens is you have cultivated an even richer and deeper walk with Jesus. And that sounds so, so simple. But it's very, very hard. And so we're acknowledging that the difficulty of creating a rhythm in this kind of life, in this pace, this modern moment that we find ourselves in, is not always easy. But we're going to look at the person of Jesus. And we're not just looking to learn what Jesus taught, but to go to learn how to live like Jesus lived. And to be experienced true transformation, it takes more than teaching. It takes practice. So we're going to do this practice of Sabbath together. And uh, we're going to see what God cultivates um, through it. So that's the big invitation. I think it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful season for us. And I, w- I can't wait. I hope every single one of you. I know some of you are so busy. You're like, I can't do a small group. But I think you could do a four-week commitment. And uh, you can meet four times before Easter. And then you could say, that was awesome. I hope to never see those people again, all right? We can, except on Sunday, and then I'll love them there, and we're all family, right? So, 
It's not a long-term commitment. Again, it's a short-term commitment. Our, our, our regular small groups go right back to where they were right afterward. Um, but we, this is a great opportunity for us as a church to walk together in something that Jesus is saying, I have more for you. I have more for you. Step into this together, and let's see what happens. So that's it. That's a simple invitation. Yep. Thanks, Josh. Amen. It's an exciting thing. I'm just going to say two things about that real quick, and then I'll continue on. One is, you know, I, I mentioned last week, Kim and I saw a consultant that uh, talked to us and gave us some great wisdom. One of the things he talked about with us is the importance of a Sabbath. And I'll never forget when he asked me this question. He says, Pat, when are you going to start doing a Sabbath? And I said, when I retire. And as I said that, it's like the Spirit of God said, I gave Sabbath for while you're working so you could find rest and renewal. And I'll tell you, well, it was unbelievable. I mean, here I'm, and there's a lot of us in here saying, I'm too busy for this. Well, this is the very thing God has given to us to deal with that problem of busyness and craziness and anxiety and tiredness. And I've been seeking and learning and practicing ever since then, every Friday, to um, do Sabbath. And so I just want to encourage you that, you know, don't let I'm too busy to get in one of these groups hold you back. Sabbath is God's gift to the problem of busyness, to bring sanity back to our life. Some of you might say, well, Sabbath is the Old Testament law. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Sabbath is God's wisdom. Uh, we know that uh, the laws God gave were part of his wisdom to his people. Matter of fact, it said when the people look at Israel and these laws, going to say, these are wise people. And so don't look at Sabbath. Well, that was an Old Testament thing. Sabbath is a matter of God's wisdom and gift to us on how to be healthy. And finally, one of the things that excites me the most about this four-week idea, meeting four times over eight weeks, we're going to try that twice a year with different things is that, you know what, this is a place where people who are newer to Moraine or feel disconnected, maybe you've been here 20 years or 30 years, they still don't feel connected. This is going to be an opportunity for people to mix it up. And when we mix it up with the people of God and the Word of God, amazing things happen in our life. So there are so many good things that are going to come out of this. I want to encourage you, make it a priority. Get involved. Well, let me tell you about the fifth change. Fifth changes to the leadership of Moraine Valley Church. Um, if you are here last week, I mentioned to you that I've been saying to Moraine Valley that I know I've been in the fourth quarter for a while. Well, I guess what, I'm in the two-minute drill. For those of you that understand sports, you understand what the two-minute drill is. That means the end of the game is coming soon. And so being in the two-minute drill, um, again, has me thinking and praying and Kim uh, in, in ways. But i got to tell you this. I believe that Moraine Valley Church is going to be a better church in the long run when I leave. I, I believe that with all my heart for two reasons. There were really two things in my heart as I started to feel God moving in me and saying, Pat, it's time to, it's time to move on. And, and there were two of them. I'm sorry. One of them is going to happen next week. I, in my heart, I said, God, I'd love to leave the next guy 
with no mortgage so he can focus on ministry. Doesn't have to focus on the building and putting money there. And, you know, just all my life, I got to be honest, all my ministry life has been connected with buildings and mortgages. You know, and if you know the heart of a minister, they want to deal with people and discipleship. And so, so much, and I thought, what a gift it would be for the next pastor to get a church that is paid for and up to snuff. And Maureen's pretty much there. Oh, by the way, I guess I tipped my hat. We did make the Christmas offering to pay for the mortgage. Thank you, Moraine Valley. We'll celebrate that next week. Thank you to you. But uh, so that was one of my, one of my hearts is that, that the church would be mortgage free so the next guy can fly. The other part is the kind of things we're talking about today. My heart was that internally, Moraine Valley would be structured in their leadership and in their ministries in a way that would be healthy. The last thing I want the next guy to come in and say, man, this place is messed up and broken. What are we gonna do to fix it? I want the next guy to come in at a church that's a gift and say, wow, we can build off of this and we can fly. And I believe we're there. I believe because of the kind of things we're talking about today and the things that have been going on, that really the two burdens of my heart have been fulfilled. I didn't expect them to be fulfilled this quick. And so I kind of say, maybe God's saying, Pat, we, we need you out of here sooner rather than later, you know? But uh, I praise God that he's done the two dreams of my heart before I said, God, I'm ready to go. We'll hear more about that next week again when we talk about the mortgage. What you're hearing today about the other piece, and that is the fact that Moraine would have an internal focus and structure and direction that was healthy. And brothers and sisters, we got that now. And that excites me. Well, what's the Bible say about all this? Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. If you remember, about a year ago, we went through the book of Ecclesiastes. And I just want to bring back two points and then close with what it means to us. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 10. Listen to this. Do not say, why is it that the former days were better than these? Why is it that before COVID hit, you know, the church was in such a better place with different things? For it's not from wisdom that you ask about this. And you might think uh, two, three years after Pat is gone, why is it the former days were better than these? You know, brothers and sisters, this is what God says. You say that, you think that, you're not thinking with wisdom. You're not thinking with health. And I actually believe things have changed at Moraine and things are gonna change at Moraine, but things have gotten better at Moraine and things are gonna get even better in the next few years. And so the first thing we need to do is like last week, shake off looking back at what God did before and how things were before and look forward to the new things that God is doing. And that's where I wanna take you back to Ecclesiastes chapter three. We learned this before. These are three amazing truths that we can apply to Moraine Valley Church, but they're also true to our personal lives depending on what's going on in your life. Chapter three in Ecclesiastes, that's that chapter that talks about time. There's a time for everything. And I, I just wanna, 
I want to give you three truths in Ecclesiastes 3. We saw these in the past, so this is just going to be a reminder quickly about everything and how God is the, I'm going to steal this from you, Ron, the cohesion in everything that goes on in our lives. First of all, in verse 1 of Ecclesiastes 3, there's an appointed time for everything. And there's a time for every event under heaven. You know what that means? God is in control. And God is in control of the timing of what's going on. He's appointed it. God's appointed this time for Moraine Valley. And whatever you're going on in your life, God has appointed that time. There's a second truth about everything. That's down in verse 11. And he says this. He has made everything, everything appropriate in its time. That word appropriate uh, in the Hebrew basically is used two different ways. Either to mean beautiful or to mean proper. And so what God's saying here is, is that everything he is doing in its time is beautiful. It's proper. It's appropriate. What God's doing at Moraine now, what God's doing in your life right now is appropriate. It's actually beautiful. And you might say, Pat, how could that be beautiful? You don't know what's going on in my life. And you know what? The rest of the verse explains that. Look on in verse 3. He has also set eternity in their hearts. Yet, so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. There's a longing in our hearts to understand why things are happening in our life and why things are happening in our life and in our church that we long to understand. But you know what he says here? Man, God has said eternity, but yet man can't find out. Man can't understand what God is doing. Because if, you know, it says here, by the way, from the beginning even to the end. So this is the picture we got to think about when we think about this. There's an eternal tapestry that God is, is uh, making that is setting up the, the plan, the big meta-narrative, if you will, of what he's doing in the world. But there's also a tapestry for each one of our lives. And there's a tapestry for our church. And all of that fits in the big meta tapestry, if you will. And all we can see is the back of the tapestry. So here God's got an eternal work that he's doing from beginning to end. And when we look at what God's doing, we see the backside of the tapestry and we only see a portion of it. That means we don't see the beauty of what's taking place there and we don't uh, see the whole picture of what God is doing. And so God's doing a beautiful thing in our lives. God's doing a beautiful thing in our church right now. God's doing a beautiful thing in mine and Kim's life. But it means change because everything God is doing is appropriate and beautiful. Then down in verse 14, we see a third thing. I know that everything, again, fill in the blank. What's your everything? What's Moraine Valley's everything? I know that everything God does will remain forever there is nothing to add to it. There's nothing to take for God has worked so that men 
should fear him. You know what God's doing with everything? He's doing it in a way that people come and go, wow. <laughs> They're in awe of God. They worship God. They wonder about God. They wonder what he's doing. They respect God. There's a new sense of, whoa, this thing is bigger than me. God, you're in this. Uh, I'm, I'm humbling myself before you. I'm depending upon you. I'm exalting you. I'm worshiping you. And so everything God is doing and working in this world towards that big meta-narrative of what he's doing is designed to be beautiful and to cause us to worship him. I, I summarized in a, in a PowerPoint here this kind of this passage in light of Moraine Valley saying, yes, things will be different. Yes, things will be different at MVC in the future and even this year, but things will be better as we watch God do some beautiful things at MVC in his timing in a way that should cause us to fall down and worship him for the things he has done. Isn't that what Ecclesiastes 3 tells us? You know what? I may not understand everything. You may not understand everything, but we know God's truth. And we know this is the truth for Moraine Valley, and it's the truth for your life with whatever you're dealing with. So what does this require of us? I want to summarize it in one word. Ownership. Ownership. Let me I'm going to do three things. I'm going to explain ownership. I'm going to illustrate it and then I'm gonna show you a biblical example of it. First of all, ownership basically means I'm buying in. If you own something, you obviously buy into the mission of what you own, and you're gonna buy into what God is doing. And to be an owner at Moraine Valley, you need to buy into what God has tasked Moraine Valley with, and buy into where, what God's doing right now. But it also brings responsibility. You're responsible for the success of it. If Moraine Valley's gonna work, then as an owner, I care about it. Matter of fact, as an owner, I would be there. I, I, I know there's owners here or businesses here in this room. You know what? You actually show up to the place you own and you care about it. And you know, there's a lot of people even at Moraine Valley or online that show up maybe once a month or once every six weeks. You know what, man, that, that, that doesn't sound like ownership to me. That sounds like a visitor, it sounds like somebody in the crowd rather than owning what's going on. An owner takes responsibility for what goes on and shows up at the place. It's no longer a church that I know of, it's no longer that church uh, uh, on the corner, it's no longer their church, but guess what, now it's my church. This is my church. It's a place I put my hands to. If I see there's a need, if I see there's a problem, if I see there's a responsibility as an owner, I jump in and I do something about it. And yeah, I give my time to it as an owner. I give my talents to it and bring my gifts to the table. And yeah, I give my treasures to it because as an owner, I'm invested. You see, if Moraine's gonna succeed in the transition and the changes, it's gonna take owners. 
It's not something that's just happening to Pat and Kim up here and a new guy up here. It's happening to our entire church, to our leadership, to our staff, to our people, to our services. And for us to come through this successfully, it's gonna take owners at Moraine Valley Church. I learned about this and I see Mike Kubo sitting there and Mike, actually you were with me when I learned about this. I was sitting with you when I learned this lesson. I was sitting in an airport in Harlingen, Texas. A number of uh, us from this church went down to do a missions with Hepburns for a week and building homes and houses. And there were 25 of us there and we were waiting to catch a flight back. And uh, weather was beautiful in Harlingen, but Chicago was like it was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And guess what? All of a sudden they announced uh, the flight to Chicago is canceled. And I remember sitting there and I was talking with Mike, um, Mark Johnson, I think Eric Sala, I think the three of us were sitting together. And uh, I was just going, yeah, wow, wow. Then all of a sudden it hit me like two minutes later, hey Pat, you're the person that invited everybody to come. You're the guy that stood up and said, hey, join Pastor Pat down in Mexico on this mission. And of course, I thought we'd have to rent two entire planes, but we only needed a small portion of a plane, but still we had 25 people. And so all of a sudden, I realized I'm responsible for this. It's no longer, I wonder what we're gonna do. It's gonna be, what am I gonna do? And I, I jumped out of my seat. I mean, we're sitting there, I don't know, three, four, we're just talking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, go, wait a minute. You're responsible for these people, Pat. And I instantly got up to the counter, and there were some others that joined me. Mike was one of them, and we had others that came up because others said, hey, this isn't just Pat's problem, this is our problem. And all of a sudden, we moved from being just part of the crowd and part of the group to being owners of what was going on it actually took us three days because what you saw in the news recently is exactly, we were sleeping in airports. There were people in the church that donated um, points so that we could get a hotel for a night. We had to rent vans. We, you know, we were just sleeping in there. It was crazy for three days. But uh, because there were some people who said, this is our problem, God brought us through it. Biblically, there's a beautiful picture of this in John 10. We're going to close with this. Turn to John chapter 10. This is a beautiful picture of the difference between an, being an owner and somebody who just sits in the crowd. We're going to be in John 10, verse 11. In verse 10, Jesus talks about how the thief, Satan, comes to destroy and to kill steal. And then in verse 11, this is what Jesus said. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who's a hired hand and not a shepherd who is not the owner. You see that word there? Guess what? The shepherd is the owner of the sheep the person who he hires is just the working hand. And he who is hired and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, he sees the wolf coming. What does he do? He leaves. 
and he flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Why did he flee? Next verse tells us why, because he's a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. Hired hand's really not concerned. Somebody in the crowd's really not that concerned. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. So let me ask you, when the wolf comes to Moraine Valley Church, and the wolf could be a need, a problem, a concern, responsibility. Are you like the hired hand who, because they have no concern, they distance themselves from it? They're not really around, no place to be seen. Or are you like the shepherd who's an owner who lays down his life because he knows and loves his people? You know what, this thing you're doing, Josh, is giving us a chance to know one another. <laughs> we don't have to be a bunch of hired hands sitting in the building together who really don't know each other. The only way you're gonna love one another, the only way we, not you, we're gonna love one another is by knowing one another, spending time, and we're getting that opportunity now to mix that up, not just my buddies and my old friends for the last 40 years, but a chance to meet some new people and mix it up and be, move our church from being a bunch of hired hands, and I'm not saying everybody here is there. If this applies to you, you need to, uh, you know, you need to let Jesus speak to you. I know there's a lot of owners here too, and that applies to you. And I thank God for you. And but you know, my call this morning is this. You know, this next year, it's going to be an exciting year for Moraine Valley Church, and I believe and hope that Moraine Valley is being set up for the next decade or two to be an even way better church than one we've been under God's sovereign design. But the degree of success in that transition, and if you don't know that, a lot of churches really cave in at the point of transitions. There's a lot of problems that happen. But if we're gonna be successful in the transition of a senior pastor, it's going to take a lot of people coming together, putting their hands to the work like a shepherd who's concerned about this place, who cares about it, who prays about it, who gets involved in it, who becomes a piece of what God is doing in this day. So I just want, I love you guys, but you know what? I got to speak in truth this morning. We got a big year ahead of us, but we got a great year ahead of us. We got a great opportunity. But like any opportunity, if we don't take advantage of that, it's gonna slip right through our fingers. And I know the heart of this church. We want Jesus to be glorified, and we want this church to thrive for years to come. I beg you, if you're just a person in the crowd, become an owner today and watch Moraine Valley Church and what God does in years to come. Let me close this in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this church. I love this church and I love these people. And I'm even looking forward to getting to know more and more people I don't know right now, Lord. 
And God, I want to pray for us this year as we go through these changes. I pray, God, that you would mark this church with what you tell us in Ecclesiastes. Not to hang on to the old days, that's not wise. But God, to see that you are in control. God, that you've appointed this. God, that you're doing a beautiful thing even if we don't understand it. And God, that we should worship you and celebrate you. So Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would write that on the heart of Moraine Valley this year to the glory of your name. And I pray, God, if anybody's listening in today or here that is just a hired hand at Moraine, I pray, God, that you would transfer them to the place, transform them to the place where they become an owner. And because of that, your church makes a greater impact on each other and the world around us. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.